everybody, you're listening to Don't Be Afraid of Your Dreams, the podcast where we talk about the movies we love and the monsters we all face. I'm your host, David Anderson, and today is October 15th, 2020, A Course in Fearicles, Day 15. today in the Don't Be Afraid of Your Dream studio, I have two very special guests, my parents, mom and dad. Hi, mom and dad. Happy Halloween. Hello. Happy Halloween. Hello there, David. I am shocked that you're both here with me. I knew that dad would be pretty cooperative with this, but I thought mom would outright refuse, but I think her FOMO got the better of her. So... (laughs) Here she is, willingly, semi-willingly, agreeing to be on the show, which I really appreciate. You're good sports, as always, but you know what? It's low stakes, no pressure. Everyone just make mom feel comfortable. Like I said, no pressure, just make it good and don't embarrass me. So because it's Halloween and things are going to look a little bit different this year, I wanted to ask you some questions about Halloween and maybe horror movies too. And I want to start by asking if either one of you have any specific memories around Halloween as a kid, what it was like, what you did, or even a specific costume that you wore? Well, I was a kid. The first 14 years of my life, I lived in Iowa in a small farm community. And Halloween basically was a one-night event. We would go trick-or-treating and go with my cousins. When I thought about the masks that we used, it would be a combination maybe one year of a paper bag with some decorations on the outside of it and holes cut for our eyes. Or it might be a mask from a cereal box that they uh, had back then. Or if we had been shopping at a large town 20 miles away, we might actually have gotten a mask in a store. Now, this community was pretty old. I- I'm pretty old. Uh, and not all homes had indoor plumbing. Some had outhouses and some tricksters chose to do tricks and not worry about the treats so every once in a while and i did not do this david someone would push over one of those outhouses and hopefully there was no one uh, sitting inside when they got pushed over so those are the memories i have as a young kid there in iowa There is no world in which I would focus on the tricks and forget all about the treats, but good for them. I have very little recollection when I was young, young, but when I went to live with my stepmom, she loved Halloween and she loved parties. And so she would arrange that people would meet down the street and she'd have a wheelbarrow there and my dad would wheel everybody down to the house and they'd have to go through a maze as they entered the front door and they'd crawl through and she happened to be with her legs coming out from the one of the bedrooms all greased up and they would crawl along in the dark and feel these greasy legs and everybody would freak out and not know really what it was and then they'd work their way to the family room and everybody had a great great time and that was really my first memories of doing much for 
Halloween. I was certainly not around for any of that, but I have to imagine Granny was one of my influences for <laughs> sure in terms of my love of Halloween. But I loved Halloween and was kind of obsessed with it as far back as I can remember. And I don't think you two had any particular attachment to it one way or the other. So do you have any idea where that came from for me and what you made of it as parents with this <laughs> child who was exhibiting this obsession with things that were kind of a mystery to you maybe? Not really, but as I think about it, you were always kind of interested in costumes of one kind or another, and so that may have morphed into your interest in Halloween, and uh, Halloween was never a one-day event for David. I can remember at various times going into his bedroom and he would have wild posters up, scary looking things. And uh, so it was very creative. And so, no, it was not a one-day event. He would start thinking about it and decorating and talking to us about what we might do. He thought of Halloween all year long, and he would decide he wanted to be a certain costume, certain person, character, and we'd go to our friend's store, Magic World, and dummy me would buy the costume. And by the time Halloween rolled around, we'd gone through at least three costumes and changing even at the last minute, he was obsessed and loved all different things to be. And I should know better than to buy a head, except I was always afraid they'd be sold out. But uh, anyway, yeah, that started early. As far as when David was little, one of the very first costumes I made him, Pinocchio. And I worked really hard on that costume and, and, you know, had the thick nose. And then I even drew joints on his elbows and shoulders and knees and all that. I got many, many compliments on all of that and the work that I put into it. And he just looked adorable to me. And he hated every minute of it. Hated it. And so then the next year, he was Dracula, and he wore that costume for days before and after, loved it. I mean, there was his niche for sure, and that was it ever since. You are lucky I didn't call Child Protective Services about the Pinocchio thing, because that sounds borderline abusive to me. You knew who I was, you knew I was a ghoul at heart, and you chose to ignore it and literally made me your puppet. Now, there is one thing, as I think about it, that uh, David might have got a little bit from me. When I was uh, a young kid, I had cousins that lived out on the farm, and on Saturday night, there would be movies in town. And I can remember scary movies, like The Wolfman. It always showed the moon being full. And so after watching one of those movies, we would go back to the farm, and the walk between getting out of the car and the front door... I was looking all over the place to make sure uh, there was no wolfman coming around. Now, that carried on to uh, later years. David would introduce me to some scary movies like Freddy and uh, what was he in? Nightmare on Elm Street. We watched that a couple times. And there are some other scary ones, like the one with the girl sitting on the bed and her head spinning around. I can't remember the name of that movie. Anybody remember the name of that movie? That one, to this day, is still one of the freakiest things. You guys are a great interview. You intuited my follow-up questions without me having to ask. You just segued gracefully into, tell me your first memory of watching a horror movie. That's great. And speaking of being a great interview, you should see Mom with this mic in her hand. She's taken to it like a duck to water. She's like, oh, what? 
<laughs> me, don't make me sing. Should I sing? So I remember that one of dad's sort of formative events was seeing The Wolfman. And I think you have a similar version of that, Mom, a movie that impacted you as a kid. The Creature of the Black Lagoon. Uh-huh. What do you remember about it? Scared the bejeebers out of me. Hated it. Had nightmares. Still don't like it. That's... Uh, awful. Well, you two were always very much willing to indulge me. And I remember at one point for a party, you were helping me load bodies into the back of a truck. And mom, you turned to dad and said, when you had a child, did you ever imagine that this would be your life? But you know what? You really roll with the punches. And the funny part of that is when we were in the car going down the street with his body draped across us in the back seat and the legs hanging out the back of the car, the side of the car, not one person gave us a second look. (laughs) It was the weirdest thing ever. Well, you guys are excellent models for parents who let their children be who they are. (laughs) So I appreciate that. Thank you. And on that note, I have to ask, you were both, I guess, but mostly dad because because he was usually like my movie-going companion. But in my opinion, you were very, very liberal and permissive with what you allowed me to watch from a very young age. I say that as a compliment because a lot of the movies that we went to see are still with me and kind of informed who I am as a person and all the things that I love. But one of the earliest memories I have is I was seven years old when A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 came to theaters. And I hadn't seen any of the others because I was seven but i was obsessed with seeing this movie and i knew i had to see it i don't know why and dad willingly agreed to take his seven-year-old son to see this terribly violent kind of adult r-rated nightmare on elm street movie i love that you did that and i think from that point on it never stopped and we saw pretty much everything that came out in the golden era that was the 80s but i would just love to know what you guys remember (laughs) about your thought process around that especially now that you have young grandchildren can you imagine having taken any of them to see a horror movie when they were six or seven years old probably not but it depends on their maturity level uh, and so on and you were pretty mature, David, from that standpoint. And so I guess I wasn't really worried about that. And uh, yeah, there might have been some parts that were, I don't know if you would call racy, certainly scary. And uh, But there probably wasn't anything that you heard or saw in those movies that you weren't already aware of at <laughs> whatever age you were. <laughs> yeah, at the ripe old age of seven, I'd seen it all. I lit up a cigarette and was like, what else you got? <laughs> I just want to say, again, thank you for that. But also, you have no one to blame but yourselves for the person that I've become. And I'm going to share another memory that I don't think even mom, you remember. But one of the many things that I love the most about you is that I think you like to pretend to be like scandalized and offended by things, but you secretly really like to have your buttons pushed. Again, had to have been very little because we were living in our old house. So I was probably same age, seven, eight years old, maybe even younger. And we, like any good mother and son, were watching Carrie (laughs) on a Sunday afternoon on Channel 5 on local TV. And I had to go somewhere, like in the middle of it. I probably had like a game or something. And you were as invested, if not more so, in the movie than I was, I think. So I remember you recorded it because I had to leave. And when I got back, you had watched it without me. And you were like, you're going to love it. It's so good. The ending is just amazing. And by the way, the ending is when, in a telekinetic rage, Carrie kills her mother by using her powers to, like, stab her with a bunch of knives that go flying through the air. But you were just like, oh, you're going to love this finale. So we can only claim to a certain degree that this was sort of, you know, predestined fixation that I had. There might have been, like, a little nudge from, from my parents. 
All right, this is a pressing topic that I think several of my friends would want me to ask, so I'm going to do this for them. As you may know, when people come over, I kind of forget about the portrait gallery that's upstairs, and I don't think about it until people who've never seen it come over, and there are portraits of Corey and I, and when people see them, they are instantly obsessed and can't get enough, want to talk about them, want to take pictures of them, and they're like, what? We all kind of forget about it because they've been hanging up there for so long. So they're looking at me all puzzled, like, what do you mean? My memory in the 80s was that it was kind of like the thing to do in the valley for people to go to Peter Lures, who was the photographer, to have their family portraits taken. So like a lot of our friends, even like our dentist to this day, has similar photos of his family. And they kind of chart my childhood along with Corey, like starting from, I think I'm like three or four in that first one, all the way through high school. So we kept going back. You guys aren't in them though because I think you knew better but was that what you wanted was there any discussion I just want to know what you remember about those photos and if there was any discussion with the photographer about what his style was like you're gonna love this I'm gonna photograph your children looking like expressionless orphans whose parents died in a factory fire during the industrial revolution and you were like great where do we sign they were supposed to look renaissance and have no hair bows or anything that would you know indicate anything other than a renaissance look and a smile because children lose their teeth and so on and uh, they if you didn't come in like a period type costume then they provided a dickie or something and they had me take a hair bow out of Corey's hair and and stuff like that because they wanted it to look a certain Yes, he was looking for a certain look. And I don't know exactly. I didn't pin him down and say anything, but everybody was doing it. you know. And they're above everybody's mantles and everything. So yeah, it was very, very in at the time. Well, I'm glad you got your money's worth. You've given us all a lot to talk about. It was expensive at the time. It was very expensive. And so, yeah, I never thought of it as spooky or scary or uh, an attraction. So we're not going to be putting them away in a closet sometime place we're leaving those babies up on the wall <laughs> oh by all means i want them to outlast me do you think you could have saved some money and just gone to knott's berry farm and done like a saloon setup like they do with like the sepia western i'm right now shocked i never knew this was going on to be honest with you the people there was like a, a, a sightseeing tour of the house for these pictures i never knew this yeah they have a cult following all right well as my parents again i think i've exposed you to a lot of things that you wouldn't normally have been exposed to so i want to see what you've learned over the years and if you're worthy of receiving your honorary doctorate in horror so i'm going to ask you some relatively basic questions that I feel like you should know the answers to, but we're going to see what happens in what I'm calling the frightening round. <laughs> and you guys can be a team. You're not, <laughs> you're not against each other, so feel free to put your heads together. Question one, what actor played Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies? I could see his face. I don't know. I forget. Give us a hint. What does his last name start with? If it doesn't start Ray Romano, they can't be bothered. <laughs> His last name is also the name of a country, technically, although it's spelled differently. England. Robert England. Yes, that is correct. Very good. Robert England. All right. Question two. Who is revealed to be the killer in the movie Psycho? I feel like everyone in the world should know this. So. Norman Bates. That is correct. Question three, what screen siren got her start starring in the 1978 classic Halloween? 
Jamie Lee Curtis. That's right. We're rolling. Question four. The killer doll in the Child's Play series is named what? Chucky. Mom has got this. Chucky, that's right. Question five. If you were going to be attacked by Jason Voorhees, it would probably be on what day on the calendar? Friday the 13th. Blammo! Question six. What actress won an Academy Award for playing sledgehammer-wielding psychopath Annie Wilkes in Misery? Oh, I know this. She's a really good actress, and it was kind of a different part for her. Uh, oh, I don't know. I can't remember her name. <laughs> Kathy Bates. Question seven. This psychiatrist, played by Anthony Hopkins, who also won an Academy Award for this role, in The Silence of the Lambs would eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. What is the name of the famous character? Doctor. Hannibal Lecter. That's correct. <laughs> Question eight. This 1973 classic involves a 12-year-old girl possessed by a demon. Uh, was Linda somebody played the part? The uh, exorcist. That's right. All right. Two questions to go. Question nine. In what movie does a masked madman wield a power tool that is also featured in the title? Children of the Corn? No. Chainsaw Massacre? Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mom rings in with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and that's correct. All right. Final question, and this is a gimme just for you guys. In Young Frankenstein, Terry Garr asks Gene Wilder if he'd like to have a what in the what? Roll, a roll, a roll in the hay. Mom is a horror genius. She has definitely proven herself worthy to receive her horror doctorate, and Dad can just ride her coattails, I guess. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Again, you were really good sports, as always, and I really appreciate it. Is there anything you would like to say to our listeners before we go? I would like to say this is the year of the trucks. Uh, at Christmas time, we had a small truck with a Christmas tree on it, and now we have two trucks on our counter, little trucks. One's got pumpkins in the back of it, and I got to say, my favorite one, I think, is the one that and it's got skeleton on the wheels, heads, and he's uh, the driver is a skeleton giving a high five out the window. So David's mother told me every morning when David comes down, he gives that skeleton a high five. So I started doing it myself. High five to the skeleton in the truck. What a startling prophecy I think we all just witnessed. 2020 is the year of the trucks. That's what we'll all remember. Not COVID. No, it's going to be remembered as the year of the trucks. Where can people follow you on social media? What's cool these days? You guys on Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram? Where can we find you? AOL.com. <laughs> He's not kidding. He has an AOL.com email address. All right. Is, uh, is Mass Singer on tonight? All right, cool. I'll meet you in the living room for that. Okay, bye. This show is an Unreliable Narrator production. For more information, visit unreliablenarrator.org. One of my favorite parts is this big door, and the guy goes up, and he lifts the handle and then knocks on the door, and someone next to him said, what big knockers? (laughs) What knockers? Everybody loves a boob joke. (laughs)